MSW Media. And now it's time for Drinking with Yoda. Hey, Yoda. Will you pass me that screwball peanut butter flavored whiskey? I'd like to try it. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. Okay, fine. Can you pass me the bottle? I'd like to do a shot of it. You are reckless. I am not reckless. I'm just looking for a little adventure. A little excitement. Hmm. Adventure. <laughs> excitement. <laughs> Jedi craves not these things. Jedi? What are you talking about, man? I'm just a guy who hosts a booze podcast. Now, come on. Pass me that bottle. The boy has no patience. He will learn patience. Who the hell are you talking to? Much anger in him. Like his father. Look, Yoda, this is getting way too heavy. All I'm asking for is that you pass me that bottle of screwball peanut butter flavored whiskey so I can pour some in a glass and try some. I, excuse me. I mean, do some. Will he finish what he begins? Of course I'll finish it. I mean, yeah, peanut butter whiskey sounds pretty awful, but hell, I'll try anything once. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Dunn, and what a show it is. In just a little bit, I'm going to be drinking vodka cocktails with our esteemed East Coast co-host. You know him, you love him, the one and only actor Colin Donnell will be joining me on this program shortly. Vodka cocktails. We're going to be drinking with Stolish, Stoliknaya. I gotta say, people ask my go-to, I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably Stoli when it comes to vodka. I just really appreciate it. It's been my, it's been the one I've really gone to for many years. Stoli started 1938. It's a little gray area about when it actually started, but the brand itself contends that that's the year the original recipe. It's a Russian vodka, as we know, a wheat and rye-based vodka. That, uh, that iconic Stoli label came around in 1953. The state ran a competition, come up with a label, and they did. In 58, Stoli won a gold medal at the Brussels World Fair, and they were on their way. What I love about it, too, is it's easy to call it, you know? If you say the whole name, Stoliknaya, it's a little different. But Stoli, that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Stoli. Give me a Stoli. Give me a vodka. Stoli. Stoli was one of the first flavored vodkas, too. In 62, they did uh, pepper-flavored vodka. They also did honey and herb. Herb? Herb. Herb, some dude they threw in there. No, honey and herb. And uh, back in 72 is when uh, the, it kind of was the first premium vodka to be imported to the U.S. PepsiCo got the rights to import 
Stoli here, and the Americans got the chance to quench their thirst with this exquisite spirit. It's also a history. It's a lot of history with Stoli. 75, Alexei Leonov, a a cosmonaut, had a tube of Stoli that he offered Americans on the Apollo mission. They took Doc up there. They drank Stoli in space. Stoli in space. Space, the final frontier. 86, they launched lemon-flavored vodka. It was the first one. 1891, they were one of the first brands actively champion LGBTQ issues. They were pushing for global equality, visibility, and acceptance for all. Stoli was doing that. 96, they just launched a whole bunch. Peach, raspberry, cinnamon, strawberry, a lot of flavored vodkas coming along. And then they launched Elite, Stoli Elite, in 2003. Very premium vodka, as we know. And the flavors kept coming. Anyway, Colin and I are going to drink Stoli, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the cocktails that we love, those vodka cocktails. But first, got an, a message on the social media from Jessica. Her name's Jessica. I was kind of hoping that Jessica would have left a voice message, but she did. She just wrote me, and she said, Dan, I'm a big fan of the podcast, but I was also a big fan of your drinks writing, and you don't do much of it anymore. What's up with that? Well, Jessica, funny you should ask. And I'm going to explain why I don't do much booze writing, but with the help of a, a friend, a correspondent for this show who does a ton of booze writing, we'll, we'll discuss. Let's bring him on right now, the great Brad Jaffe. He is the most interesting man in the world. Brad, how are you, man? Good, thanks. How are you doing, Mr. Dunn? I'm good. Where, where are you? You're always, you're always all over the world. Where are you coming to us from today? Uh, it looks like Nantucket, or uh, it could be just a, a random beach. It could be Rikers Island, or it could be Nantucket, but it's definitely an island surrounded by sand. Some sort of uh, spirits event going on there? You're just, you're just chilling? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, it, it's coming up. I don't know if this was on your calendar. I'm sure you've already notified your uh, listeners. Uh, I believe that it's National uh, Scotch and Oysters Day coming up so i wanted to make sure i was in a uh, suitable location for that you do have to plan your life around these invented invented holidays <laughs> national, Absolutely. No, wait it's national oyster and scotch day yeah uh shuck and a scotch day i believe is what they call it huh. yeah who knew <laughs> who knew well as you heard brad uh listener named jessica wanted to was wondering why i don't do much spirits writing anymore and i and i wanted to kind of i'll tell her but i also as you are someone who does a a lot of it and i'm very impressed by the sheer amount of content that you managed to crank out for the likes of forbes and uh, the wall street journal usa today who else do you write for bloomberg cnn um vice san francisco chronicle los angeles times um village voice that's a good one back in the day, but yeah, you know, whoever will pay me, Dan, basically, which is an exceedingly small uh, <laughs> group of people. Well, that of course is one of the reasons why I stopped is there's not a lot of money in it. You know, unless you're willing and able to crank out a lot of material, the days of, you know, when I started doing this, I remember back in the day, I would do some spirits writing for GQ. And I mean, this is 20 years ago and it was $3 a word. That was kind of standard. 
two to three dollars a word. Three dollars. Playboy was the same per thing per word. You're not getting that. Did that include prepositions? Like, do they have to be multisyllabic words or all words? They all words, even the ones you're thinking about. No, you're not getting that for what's that? <laughs> cool things, <laughs> cool stuff. What's the site you? I mentioned you on last week's show because you pointed out to me that some website has a feature called what we're drinking cool things what was it called cool shit yeah let's say cool cool shit.com cool shit.com but now people are gonna go to cool whatever it is yeah cool so don't even bother fucking sucks uh this is why but honestly why i really stopped brad was hackery okay so when i you know i mentioned the money but when i started covering the booze beat 20 years ago there were there were just like a handful of writers doing this, and I happen to be one of them. A- admittedly, I was greener than the Chartreuse and Midori that I didn't know shit about at the time, right? But over the years, I had help from the likes of uh, Terry Sullivan and Dar- Dale DeGroff and the late Gary Regan, who you know, Gaz Regan, and I kind of caught on. And I wasn't the savviest booze writer in the business, but I, I rarely embarrassed myself. Sometimes I actually imparted useful information about hooch uh, for instance brad is my informed opinion that chartreuse and maduri mixed together would taste like cat piss you agree uh i've never tasted cat piss but um i would not want to mix those two things together i would probably rather drink cat piss than to drink chartreuse and maduri combined that's like mixing matter and antimatter in star trek i think if yeah. you put them together it could be real problems so but here's the thing, like a few years ago, maybe even more than a few years ago, and I'm sure you did as well, I started to notice that like every sauce-soaked sap that had a laptop started blogging about booze, right? And a great many of them, with all due respect, sucked, okay? And it didn't, <laughs> but it didn't matter because, you know, like the publicists in, in our industry enabled them anyway. They give them product, oh, meals, yeah. and junkets for coverage, and it, it didn't matter like how dreadful or low profile that coverage might be, right? Yeah. Well, a couple of things here. For one, um, I don't think, as you mentioned before, you were writing about stuff when you were still green and you were learning about the products. I don't think that you need to be, uh, it's not an issue of of being incredibly knowledgeable because you can look up most things online nowadays anyways. It's being playful, inventive, not taking yourself too seriously, some sort of originality infused into the writing so that every single thing that you see now, uh, to your point, it's it's all derivative. It's all the same regurgitated press releases. And how can that be fun for people to write, let alone to read? Yeah, but this is the thing, man. And I think one of the more unfortunate truths about life in the information age is that there are large swaths of society that simply don't give a shit that much of the information they're getting is shit, right? You know, like... Yeah. um you know, you mentioned, so one of the, I think we'll call them like the hallmarks of the hapless acts here. Okay. The one I, that really started to get me years ago is the, I call them peopleisms after a people magazine, right? Like I can't say this with absolute certainty, but it's a safe bet that neither the late great spirits writer, Michael Jackson, nor the still living great spirits writer, Jim Murray ever described any fortified liquid as their fave, their fave. <laughs> Ever. Right. But but booze booze bloggers do it all the time. You you cannot be a legit chronicler of liquor. If you are, you'd rather cough up your deteriorating liver than ever describe a drink as delish or sizzling or sexy. 
right? Well, the real question is when you're talking about these very, very um, disastrous, shall we say, <laughs> bastardizations of the English language, these adjectives that are just insufferable, uh, do they still pay the same rate per word? Or does faves still spend, you know, you still <laughs> make the same amount as you do for favorite? That would be, maybe if they did it that way, maybe if the word choice mattered, maybe if the word cho- your choice of words were how yeah. you were paid if you it's, say it's yeah. like scrabble you know like the j and the x if you work in like yeah. quixotic or something you know yeah. like some ridiculous sat word then it should be worth more than fave quixotic should be a dollar word fave is like a five cent word no you're right yes I, th- th- here's the thing like just because like us weekly or in style weren't hiring when they got out of community college does this mean like the rest of us have to in- endure this puke inducing pap like toasty tipples for cold winter nights. And, 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 you know, they copy that shit from press releases. You said it, even if they are willing to do it for free, you know, if you want to be taken seriously in this business, Brad, and, and you are taken seriously, but I would say this to all the, the, the young bloggers out there. If you want to be taken seriously in the business, look up words like tattered, erudite, curmudgeon, and then become one. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I think is how you make it in this business, right? I aspire to be an erudite uh, curmudgeon for sure in all moments of every day. Um, I think for sure that um, unfortunately there's this sensationalism that seeps through all aspects of media. So you know we're getting paid per click out there. So I've had to write my fair share of I didn't say fave, but you need to say like the world's best this, the world's best that. Um, and as we both know, having spent time on one of the many, several of the many, many judging competitions that are out there, um, there every day there is a new judgment that comes out. So you can write about that and say, oh, well, here's the world's best, uh, you know, single malt, uh, according to the San Antonio, uh, or according to the Peoria, Illinois spirits competition. Yeah. Um, I, I almost said San Antonio, but then I realized that's an actual real one. You're a judge um, there, aren't you? I think. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to piss off the people in San Antonio. Remember the Alamo, Dan, do not forget the Alamo. Don't do it. You do. So you, you have to, you know, you cover these things and they, you do because they actually get a lot of clicks and that's unfortunate because the things that we really want to write about and things that I do deep dives on that I love writing about, um, maybe sometimes they wouldn't resonate. They wouldn't get a million clicks of people being like, well, what is the best single malt scotch? I want to know. I want to know what the people of Peoria voted number one. Another thing that makes me nuts, Brad, is the play in the fame game. Now, and I say this I have a show that has a lot of famous people on it. That's not what <laughs> I'm talking. That's not what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, talk about the guests that I've had. Brian Cranston is famous. Uh, Barack Obama is famous. I haven't had on the show, but Bono <laughs> is famous. Kim Kardashian's famous. LeBron James is famous. Jim Meehan, on the other hand, is not famous. Yeah. He's a very good bartender. Great he writes guy. very good books. Great guy. It doesn't, matter it's not going to change no matter how many times you refer to him as a celebrity mixologist in your blog to 99.9 percent of the population the words jim and Meehan precede the question mark in the sentence that begins with who the fuck is okay there are many brilliant bartenders you know them i know them brad but there are no famous ones there are no famous bartender not even dale they are famous in our world in our little tiny neat corner of their, but in the great big wide world they are not famous and to claim otherwise a clear indication that you wet the bed as a child 
we are very insular in this world, as you point out. Um, to me, the metric for whether something is actually like broad-based news that, that cross the sphere, so to speak, and it's not just in our own little bubble. And it's when I have my friends, my everyday lay people friends that message me, send me a text and be like, hey, dude, did you hear like the day that Casamigos sold when for a billion dollars, 700 plus million dollars to Diageo. I got so many texts that day from friends. They're like, did you know about this? Did you know that George Clooney had a tequila? You know, that was a moment that blasted through, right? But um, the most of the stuff that we talk about day to day in our little like, you know, group chats that we're all incessantly on, we're like, oh my God, did you hear about this? And it's like catastrophic news for us. And if I asked any of our friends outside of this world, they would be like, who are you talking about? You know, what are you talking about? Yes. I agree with you. I don't know. We got really off base in terms of no, no, writing. no. And 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 here's another one that bugs me. And and you probably laugh at this too, given the type of writing that I've done. But th- again, this is my advice to the younger, to all the booze bloggers out there. All is keep yourself to yourself. Okay. So I mentioned Michael Jackson, and not that Michael Jackson. There's a very famous writer named Michael Jackson. He he was wrote about beer, spirits, whatever. So when he wrote about a beer, the beer is all he wrote about, right? He didn't bother telling us what he was wearing or who he was hanging out with in the hotel bar. The reason he didn't bother with that shit is that he understood the most fundamental truth of the spirit scribbling profession. You understand this too, Brad. Nobody gives a flying fuck about the writer. That's true. Even if said writer happens to share a name, with one of the most famous people who ever lived, Michael Jackson. Nobody cared about that Michael Jackson, only the one who could sing and dance. Now, I know of what I speak. I have filled entire books <laughs> with navel-gazing observations about my life, right, and my career. You've read, I think, one chapter of one of my books, right? Um, Random House, HarperCollins have published this shit, but I can even tell you this. Okay, when I did my book, Living Loaded, I went on a tour and I was on Conan and Adam Kroll, all these shows. And the guys who created Sonny made it, turned the book into a sitcom that we made at Fox and they shot this pilot. And you know what, Brad? Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Didn't matter. I know this for a fact because today I went on and I was able to, to get it down to the to the sixth decimal point to figure out just how little anybody cares. Because after all that exposure, the Amazon.com rankings for Living Loaded today, there were nearly a million books in print that people would prefer to read over mine. You do manage to write an extraordinary, I mean, how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep yourself from sort of getting into the cycle of just, oh yeah, here's another whiskey review? Well, by writing for a, a, a myriad outlets with a lot of different voices. So, you know, you can write for your really insider uh, you know, geeky type publications. And then you can get really into the weeds of like, oh, well, look at the proof uh, point on this whiskey. And, you know, the cooperage, talk about words like cooperage, you know, with people that understand and appreciate the value of, of uh, nomenclature like that. And then I write for, you know, broad-based publications. Nomenclature, by the way, 90 cent word, 90 cent word, nomenclature. Cooperage, okay. I'm going to give you 65 cents for cooperage. See, I like uh-huh. this. This is a, this is a thing. This yeah. could separate the cream from the crap. Yeah. You got to do it. You got and it can't just be big words. They got to be big words that make sense in the in the context of the writing because otherwise these kids are just going to They have to be germane, Dan. Yeah, germane. 
Jermaine, you know what that, I know what that means. You get sick, you get the Jermaine's. Uh, Jermaine was in the, he was uh, in the Jackson five with Michael Jackson. Jermaine. (laughs) It was Jermaine and Dancer and Prancer and Tito, right? They were the, yeah. That's a vodka, Dan. That's a vodka. And, And we don't drink that because we have Stoli in this house. That's right. A lot of Stoli. Here's the moral right here is, you want to be like Brad Javi? You got to know things that other people don't know about things that they would like to know about. And then you tell them these things clearly and concisely. And authoritatively. That's what Brad does. And don't digress into tired stories about hanging out with celebrities and porn stars and, and all your, and all your famous bartender friends. That's my job. That's my job right here on this podcast. Yeah, when you see that phrase celebrity sommelier is one that comes up because there's a news story last week with a very strange thing in New York where somebody was setting uh, outdoor uh, dining rigs I on saw fire. That. Yeah. And but it was a sommelier at a pretty reputable restaurant, right? Exactly, but it's like okay, like this is a very interesting story that this guy is literally a part-time arsonist, moonlighting as an arsonist and opening bottles of nice wine during the day, but they kept describing him as a celebrity sommelier and I'm like that doesn't exist. What is a celebrity sommelier? You should do a segment where you go on the street in Venice. You got plenty of people outside there all exchanging Delta back and forth. Go up to them with a nice long boom mic and say, name for me one sommelier. Now, half of those people are going to be like, what the fuck is a sommelier? But the, the 20% of people say that know what a sommelier is. Do you think they'd be able to name a sommelier? How could there be a celebrity sommelier? I can name the celebrity, the sommelier to the stars, Christopher Sawyer. My buddy up in Sonoma, that's what he calls himself. Whoa. And by the way, man, I do want to thank you for pointing out the cool fuck. What is it? Cool fuckery? Cool shit? Cool cool stuff? It's coolfuckery.org. It's so fun. I'm reading the thing. And it says, what we're drinking is this new feature we have where we, and I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) That's like me. That's like me going, uh, hey, I'm introducing a new feature on here called Late night with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. They can't steal my that. show name. They stole oh, my yeah. show name. They just they took my name out of it. It's not what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. It's just what we're drinking. But don't even tell me they didn't hear. They they know. They know what they're doing. A cool Absolutely. cool crap. You know, when you think of a cool name, because there are so few names and phrases out there left because everything's been taken, you know, the first thing you do when you're setting up a new column or thinking of an idea for a book or for a website, you obviously look it up so they know what they were doing and they, uh, they're they going to play stupid now. They're going to be like, well, it's not what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. It's what we're drinking with uh, Davey Dulap. Fuck Davey Dulap. By the way, cool is a seven cent word cool it we're doesn't gonna, take a lot of we're going to explore this in the future i i think what we should do in an upcoming episode is maybe we could make that a regular feature is we take a a piece of booze writing and we read a paragraph and then we we assign a dollar figure based on word choice sentence structure knowledge so we could we could we could create a whole chart on what things are worth so if they say if they use a sentence that doesn't at all drive the narrative then they get nothing i think we should do this and we can and we can call out people by name too well we won't call them out by name but people could very easily just google it in two (laughs) seconds but i think what we would find dan is that there's a lot of two buck chuck out there 
uh, as it were. And and that comes back to your point about you know the this industry being flooded by what I refer to derisively with one of my uh, friends. I have a good buddy. Uh, who's also in the industry, who you are one of these buddies as well, who like when I am angry and seething about something that nobody else would understand except for somebody else that lives our life, you know, it's you and this other guy that I call up or I text and I'm like, can you freaking believe this shit? But one of the, we refer to a lot of the people that have entered this fray as, as hobbyists because it's very obvious from their output, their minimal output, and also knowing what they're getting paid for some of these articles. There's no way that this is like their career. I don't know what their primary source of income is, and that's no business of mine, but I know that it's not writing booze articles. Well, I got to tell you, Brad, as always, it's uh, fantabulast elastic having you on here. I made that word up, $1.20. Always good to have you on. Uh, Just around the corner, we have Colin Donnell joining us. Only, Only Brad gets that joke, just around the corner. When you get pre- when you when you get press releases from publicists in the spirits business, at least seven. It's almost a requirement that they say whatever whatever event, right whatever now, holiday or made up bullshit event that they're pegging their pitch to is just around the corner. So they'll. In fact, I j- I did just get a pitch the other day for my holiday coverage. Are yeah, you doing anything yeah, for holiday coverage? And I wanted to write back and go, "What fucking holiday are we talking about here? Labor Day? What holiday?" What's coming up? Is there a holiday? Yeah, uh, Labor Day is not a holiday, August, really, is it? August is the only month that I can think of, Dan, that doesn't have like a real, like official holiday. Because what are you talking Year's. about? There's Scotch and Oyster Day. You just brought it oh, up. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what are you sorry doing? Scotch and Shuck, dude. Scotch and Shuck. For the record, um, I believe National Scotch Day, which is a very real thing, was on July 27th because God knows how many pitches we got for that. However, I did admittedly make up the Scotch and Shuck Day. I don't think that is a real thing yet. But a publicist is going to hear this. It is now. I'm getting pitched. Well, maybe that cool – that website, since they're stealing everything else from this show, I'm sure they'll be <laughs> making some announcement soon about Scotch and Shuck Day. Well, Brad, love having you on, man. Stay safe out there in the uh, – where are you at? In, in Nantucket or Nantuc- Rikers Island? Yeah, take be, be safe out there in Nantucket. I know it's rough country out there. Yeah, it is. It's you know you can't wear the wrong colors. You might get in trouble out there. Yeah, watch it. If, if you're not if you're not wearing Nantucket reds, then whew, they'll eat you alive. Yeah. Quick word from uh, the people that pay the bills, and then we got Colin Donnell and vodka cocktails. Folks, you ready for some tough love? You ready to hear a hard truth? Okay, good, because I'm going to lay it on you. You can buy the finest, fanciest, most expensive spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home, but if you use crap mixers, you're going to get crap drinks. Let's face it, whipping up cocktails at home can be an expensive hassle. That's why my fridge is always well-stocked with Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of Master Mixologist into your home. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Fresh Victor features seven unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. There's delicious combos like pineapple and ginger root, which I love with a little vodka, cactus pear and pineapple, which I love with a little vodka, and cucumber and lime. I put rum in that one. And right now, right now, 
Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to my listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart with some great mixers, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20, that's what we're drinking, WWD20, to get 20% off your order. So if you order $50 worth of mixers, it'll only cost you 40 Yeah. You're welcome. Go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. That's fresh. And now, a word from one of our dream sponsors, Lowenbrow Beer, circa 1982. Here's to good friends. Do you guys realize this is our fourth summer place together? Remember that old beach house we had? How about the time you two almost set the woods on fire? <laughs> Okay, who's ready for a lower brow? When you want the taste of a truly great American beer, tonight, let it be low and brow. You know, I think we finally got this down to a heart. Let it be low and brow. This is Colin Donnell, and you are listening to my favorite podcast that begins with the letter W. Take that, Mark Marin. Joining me now, you know him, you love him. He's the uh, official East Coast co-host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Although, although, got some news, some breaking news here. He will be temporarily stepping down as the East Coast co-host of What We're Drinking to accept a new position, a temporary position for about six months. He will now be the Australian liaison, liaison, the Australian liaison to this podcast. He will be in Australia reporting, uh, not regularly, maybe not, maybe once or twice, but rest assured those, those reports are going to be right, mate. See, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, Colin Donnell. Hey buddy. Hey, oh, Hey, oh, Welcome back. Doing, it's good to see you. It's always, it's always great to see you, man. And last time I saw you, we were in New York city live and in person. We did a show at the stand comedy club, a good time was had by all you especially. Did you have a good time that time? I had a blast. You know, it's always fun to be surrounded by people who are way funnier than you. Yeah, I'm that used was to both, it. That was the two. I, mean, of I don't us know were, how you yeah. feel, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's a nice thing to be able to lean into. You and I started the show, and then there was maybe like a little lull we hit. I mean, we had a good three minutes of solid entertainment, and then we hit the lull. And you bring in the comedians, man, and everything just, the crowd just went right back up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with a bunch of comedians and I have to say every time I'm around them and especially when I see their shows or, or get to do something with them where they're on their game, I'm like, ah, yeah, no wonder I don't do this. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was a great time. And as will this be as well, man. So I talked earlier, vodka is the theme on this show. You and I, a lot of times we're on here, we drink whiskey because you are a, I would, I would, you are a whiskey aficionado. You know your stuff and I, and I, and I, and you really appreciate whiskey. But I thought this time, you know, in honor of you leaving, and I know right now people have already teased it, but we're not going to get there just yet about why you're going to Australia. We're going to get there eventually. I, I want to let you know, I have made up. Two cocktails for the occasion of speaking with you right now on the show, and they're both phenomenal. I'm going to just say that the the one I made is a I used Fresh Victor. That's the mixers. You know, I love the bet. I love them. It's the Fresh Victor Cactus Pear and Pomegranate. 
And I, I took two parts of that with some Stoli blueberry, right? Ooh. I went the Stoli blueberry with the fresh Victor cactus pear and pomegranate. And then I put in a little bit of triple sec. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it's a set. We're recording this on a Saturday. It's a sunny Saturday. <laughs> there just isn't a more refreshing summer drink that I've had. In a, in I mean, quite that looks, time. it looks like summer in a glass. It's so good. It's so good. It's one of those ones, though, you got, it's sneaky good. You got to be careful because, I mean, right. I can totally taste the vodka. I can taste the blueberry in the vodka, but the vodka itself is kind of laying low in the background a little. So you got to, because it's just so, and with the, with the fresh Victor, you're going to get that, I don't, that, that palm, that mixture of pomegranate and cactus pear which is not something I ever would have thought of, you know, Me neither. is so good with this. It, I thought about doing it with the straight vodka and then you just get a little bit of that orange flip with the trip with the triple sec. Delightful. You've got like a fruit cocktail in a glass. It sounds amazing. Actually. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of your like totally crushable summer cooler that you've got going on. <sighs> what are you drinking? Uh, I went simple. Mm-hmm. I, I did not as you have are, a lot as of you time. are want to do. This is by, <laughs> I by am. Way, this is why Colin was named was uh, risen to the level of East Coast co-host is because on the East Coast it's no nonsense, man. You know, out here in it's California, true. we like to you know we get a little fancy and we're putting kale in it and we're putting avocado goes in everything. On the East Coast, man, there's a real straightforward, simple sensibility. I'm from the East Coast. That's why you got the job. What do you got? I have I broke out the Stoli Orange, which bottle I don't have in front of me right now. I have the regular Stoli in front of it, with me right now, and I just put some like delicious soda water in it. Ooh. I have some like great soda water okay. available, some Polar Springs so- soda water, uh, and not flavored, totally unflavored. I wanted to let the vodka come through. And yeah, just stoly orange. Cheers, and cheers to you, buddy. Good to see you. Hmm. Well, maybe there's a reason for this. And now it's a good segue into what's happening. So Colin, being an actor, you got to watch, watch your figure. You got to watch your figure. <laughs> and so hence the soda water and the vodka, right? I mean, if there is any go-to drink of the acting class that's looking to... <laughs> Uh, you know, make sure that they don't plump up or anything. It's vodka soda, right? Is there any other, or just maybe straight vodka? I suppose you could drink straight vodka. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, you know, it is a it is a low cal beverage as far as cocktails go. So uh, I, you know, and it's refreshing, especially it's been hot here. I, you know, I think really like a nice, just cool vodka and soda with a bunch of ice in a glass is like it's so refreshing it's so crisp and nice and clean and you just want to sip on it and you can like sit outside in the hot sun it's perfect but as i as i was getting to you also have can we talk about this you just booked a big role you are going to make can we not talk about this can't really talk about it just yet all right we won't talk about specifics but we will say this (laughs) you are going to australia and you will be shooting a some sort of uh, filmed entertainment. Can we say it's a TV show, or can we say maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a TV show? Some sort Not of really visual, sure, honestly. <laughs> some sort of medium over there. <laughs> so he'll be doing that, and 
and you know it's important while you're on camera to look good do you do you think about that though when you're shooting something regularly you're like i gotta or you just i mean you're you're in good shape i mean you're is it not something you really have to worry about too much no it's i look it there is there you're totally right I'm like hemming and hawing over here for no reason in particular. Yeah, it's, it's the I Godfather mean, Part Four. Okay, fine, I said it. <laughs> they're doing it, and they're doing it in Australia. Yeah, no, it's uh, something. I we the thing we're talking about. I'm just going to say this without giving much away. Colin explained it to me off the air, and I am very excited for you, my friend, because I feel like what you told me, this thing that you're doing in Australia seems to have the potential to be big, to be something that's going to be a big hit. And I uh, I'm pulling for you on this. I think it's I think it's going to wow. happen. I appreciate that. I'm very excited about this thing that may or not be happening in Australia. Good. <laughs> Good grief. Uh as soon as they announce it, it's going to be great. I'm going to be yelling it from the rooftops. But, uh, yeah, there's a thing that's happening. But back to your point that we were talking about before. Yes, there is always sort of a thing in the back of your mind when you're shooting that you're like, yeah, you know, I want to be in shape for my job. Like, I I want to look a certain way for a character. I want to, like, I want to make sure that my clothes are fitting me right. Right or wrong, that's the way that it is and it's it's actually like you know not to get too deep here but it's something that you sort of come to grips with over the course of things i've gone off the deep end and been super strict with myself and that's no fun but now i feel like i've reached a point where i'm like you know what i'm gonna live my life and i'm gonna work really hard at the workout thingy bobs that i do and enjoy my drinks when i want to and enjoy my food when i want to and when I need to, like, you yeah. know, dial it in, I do. Yeah, and I mean, well, you're, you're the right. one that you're the one, by the way, that talked me into getting a Peloton. I'm glad that yeah. I did, and I'm I'm very glad you did as well because um, <laughs> even though it took I think six months to get here, there was a bit of a delay. Uh, we won't go there though. I'm happy now. Yeah, Colin had the Peloton. He was telling me how great it was, and this was in the height of the pandemic, so we're obviously not going out and working out anywhere. Um, and I got it. And I'll tell you what, man, my laundry looks great on it. It really does. You you can hang so many different items of clothing <laughs> from the Peloton. I've got my socks and underwear on the seat, and then the pedals are good for, you know, it's great. Yeah. You know what? You can, it's a, it's a multi, it's a, it's a multi-use piece of, of equipment there. Well, I, I thought I was not going to be needing it as much because I was, well, I'll get to go back outside and ride. But now, because of our freedom and liberty in this country... We're back to masks, and so now I'm back on that Peloton again. It's good. Well, I'm glad you're back on the Peloton. I ride that thing almost every single day. He's riding it right now, folks. You don't even see, I you can't see it, but he is working. I'm up very a calm from the top up, but from the bottom down, yeah. I'm like I'm just pedaling my little heart out. Speaking of health, I also made another drink, um, and What'd this one, yeah, this look at this. You see it. You know what that Ooh, is just by looking at the glass. That's a mule. Moscow mule. And I did this with the the Stoliknaya, the traditional classic Stoli. And then Stoli actually makes a ginger beer. So I went all on brand here. And I made nice. I used the Stoli ginger beer. It's just two parts of that. This is so simple. It's just two parts of that and one part of the regular Stoli. I, I went two lime wedges, put it in there. And boy, oh boy, is uh, you can't go wrong with a Moscow Mule. 
And I got no, it in the copper mug. The yep. sweat on the outside. You get that. It's just, you want it. I'm going to try it right now. Mm. That's the best. I When you get that, like, nice, dewy copper mug, it just looks great. And then you pick it up, and it's cool to the touch, and you put it to your lips. And th- this is what I want to ask you now. So we were joking about, you know, it's the Hollywood drink. But to me... I think vodka gets a bad rap sometimes as being like a wimpy because you think about the Cosmo and all that stuff. But I think I, when I think vodka, I think of like guys named Vlad who've got <laughs> fists the size of pineapples and they're in the, you know, the Russian tea room and, and, you know, and you just like vodka, you know, like it's like to just, me, vodka's a badass drink. Yeah. I So I... I used to do I I did Jersey Boys way back in the day uh, on Fifty Second Street, the August Wilson Theater. So right across the street from each other on Fifty Second Street, uh, there were two Russian vodka bars. Mm. Right across the street, Fifty Second on the West Side, right? Uh, on the West Side, yeah. yeah between, no, I think it was between Seventh uh, and Eighth. What was the what were the places? Was the Russian Russian vodka room? Yes, and um, love that spot. Love and that. Right bar. across, they're dark. Yes, like, red you leather feel like you could be murdered and... at any minute, and there was something exciting <laughs> about it. No, really, like you go in and it's just got that feel. I mean, it's great, but you're just like whoever's running this place. You know, they're no nonsense people. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. So they so on Sundays. While we were doing the show, the band had this tradition that started before I got there, but the band of the show would always go across the street to one of them, I can't remember the name of which one that we went to, but you walk into the place and there's just like these huge bell jars full of infused vodkas. And there was like ginger and chili and lime and like scorpion fingers and finger and body parts i mean that was that's in the back the secret stash they keep yeah. it was amazing and we would go and we would like they were having they would have a happy hour where you could get and they would literally pour you little carafes of vodka and that's how you you got you got like a dozen oysters or you know four dozen oysters for everybody and you just kind of sat and you drank vodka and it was great there was like I, you're right. Like vodka gets such a bad rap, especially in today's age of like hoity-toity mixology and all this stuff. And you get bartenders that are, I don't know, shitting on it sometimes. Well, because what what happened, Colin, was vodka became so incredibly popular towards the latter part of the 20th century, and and a lot of that had to do with brands like Absolute. Obviously, Stoli's been around forever. These, but Absolute sort of spurred a sort of resurgence, and then and then it was like Smirnoff, Stoli, Absolute. This, those brands became so big, right? And everybody was drinking vodka-based cocktails. Right, brown spirits were suffering mightily. People were not drinking whiskey. They weren't drinking dark rum. They weren't drinking any of that stuff. And so what I think ended up happening was sort of a backlash maybe against mm. vodka when when we had that craft cocktail resurgence in the early part, the latter, very, very latter part of the 20th century, and then the early part of this century. And maybe there was a big pushback. And, and you know, some of it, I think it, it came by itse- on itself because vodka started like, so for instance, I'm drinking the Stoli Blueberry, right? Which I think mm. is great. I, it, it's so good in this drink. But let's face it. They got crazy with the vodka flavors, like cotton candy. I'm not joking. There was one called Ivana Bitch. It was a tobacco-flavored vodka. I am not kidding you. Tobacco-flavored vodka. You're, you'll be shocked to learn the brand did not make it. 
it, 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 it got really crazy, right? I remember having like, there was like a, cre- a cheesecake flavored vodka. There was, you know, and then you'd have all, every herb in the book, you know, there was a basil and oregano flavored vodka. And, right. you know, and I, I think they might've hurt themselves. And, and this, in the whiskey category needs to be a little careful. Cause that's, that's going on a little bit in the whiskey bit now too, where there's, there's too much. And you're a simple man. We've already established I am this. a simple man. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is, there's something really cool, and you, you know, you hear about people going to Russia and there being like a vodka, a bottle of like house vodka sat in the middle of the table, and you're just like, you know, you're eating dinner and you're pouring vodka, and they just measure it at the end of the dinner to see how much you've drank. That's it's a cat, it's a it's a palate cleanser. It's refreshing. It's lovely. Like. I, there is such a large place for it. There's a reason why so many people drink it. It's good. It's delicious. I mean, and, you know, in some of the most iconic cocktails, you know, you got a vodka gimlet, which is a fantastic vodka sour is a great drink. Obviously, the mule, which I'm having right here, uh, the Cosmo. We were talking about we were talking about vespers before. The vesper is such a. We did that on another episode. I mean, the Bloody Mary. Come on. You know, it's the foundation yep. of the Bloody Mary, the vodka cranberries, the spritzers. There's so many. Oh, the, by the way, another one I love is the vodka sidecar. Have you had that? With just So you swap out you swap out the brandy and you do Cointreau lemon juice. Such a delicious drink. I've never tried it. I'm yeah. going to have to. So I – no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so what is your – what would be – I mean, we know what you're having right now. But if you're going to do a more complex vodka cocktail, what would be your go-to? Uh, I would, on the whole, it would generally be a Vesper or a Martini. You know, I can't lie and say that I'm not more of a gin martini kind of person, but like, I love a good vodka martini. Uh, there's something, you know, it's, it's James Bond. That's right. Like he, yeah. And the Vesper, it's, well, it's the same. It's the James Bond aspect to it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be a spy for an evening. Then you have two, and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, you just played a spy, didn't you, in a Hallmark movie not long ago? Played an FBI agent, FBI, yeah. FBI, a spy, same thing. So, yeah. Whatever. What did he drink? Uh, what was his go-to drink? His go-to drink? Probably water. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> this new character you might or might not be playing in, in Australia. Uh, go-to drink? Oh, Foster's. you know what? It's just, Australian just a, for beer. It might <laughs> Might just be a a bottle of vodka on the table, honestly. Honestly, so you're. We are going to Australia. You can acknowledge that. I am going to Australia. How do you feel <laughs> about me replacing you as there uh, temporarily, as the official East Coast co-host? I already have someone in mind. I'm pretty sure I'm going to uh, break the great news to him shortly. But I wanted to get your. I wanted to get your. Uh, I wanted to get your blessing first. Right? I'm well, you, you have to tell me who it is first. It's our pal Joe DeRosa. Joe DeRosa, oh, okay. who, was, who was on the stand show with us in New York, comedian and actor Joe DeRosa. And I'm, I think I'm going to offer it to Joe. You know, he's got a lot going for him. Uh, he's kind of funny. Yeah. He's, okay. he's kind of handsome. Yeah. No, he's like, he's hilarious. He's handsome and he loves dogs. Like, it's an even swap as okay. far as I'm concerned, except you're going to. You're going to be laughing a lot more with him than you are with me. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I what I like about you is your somber nature. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I can, so I, can bring, I can bring it down somber. in a heartbeat. Yes. 
you uh, you were bringing it down in the comedy show. Remember, we were making <laughs> fun of you. You're like, you know what? Let me talk about uh, surgeries and, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh... <laughs> Maybe we'll switch topics real quick. Anyway, bring on the comedians. Well, I... You know, it's it's funny when I went back and listened to that. I couldn't hear it while it was happening, but I, I feel for comedians because maybe that's they're pros though, and they can deal. There, so we there were little heckling things happening that I just couldn't <laughs> simply hear during the show. But there was there was someone who was talking a lot during the episode. I'm like, I want to go back, and in, in fact, I'm planning on it, folks, uh, going back to the stand probably in September or October and doing a show. Although that I was planning that prior to Colin breaking news to me that he was not going to be there, won't be the same. Won't be the same without you, man. But uh, It'll be more lighthearted. Apparently. We'll soldier on. We'll soldier on with that. That was a fun <laughs> night, though, wasn't it? I mean, it, <laughs> it was, was great. It was like, and then, uh, and I won't say any names. I'll do anything. I will say this. Colin is like one of the nicest dudes I know. But we did get you did get harassed. You got harassed that night, and did you get that often? You were getting a little oh. harassed later in the evening. You got harassed to the point where I believe you might have said "fuck off" to this. This person deserved it. I'm not gonna, you know. But do you get that? Have you gone out and like you get people that just won't leave you alone? Well, let's be clear. I didn't say "fuck off." You I said, said I think "eat you my." Sh- you said "eat my <laughs> asshole" or something like that. No, I don't know. What I think mean. I said. You need to leave. That's what you said. And there might have been <laughs> a fuck it, in there. You might have, you need to fucking leave, possibly. That's, I mean, it's, 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 it's possible. Now. I'm a nice guy. You, you are. So, oh my God. That. You were pushed to your limit. Right, let me just say that. Uh, right now. I was there for that. He was pushed to his limit. It does not, it does not happen that often. Uh, but it was, you know, that was a, it was a special occasion. I was hanging out with all of you. I was also hanging out with my brother who I, I hadn't seen in over a year. Yes, uh, and you know a busy bar is not the a crowded bar with loud music is not the greatest place to catch up with your brother after not seeing him for a year. But uh, we're you know and we had a cu- and life. we had a couple of cocktails and we'd had a couple of cocktails and, after and a few I was cocktails, not in the yes, mood to be. Someone starts giving you shit when you're having a, you've had a few cocktails and you're with you're catching up with your brother and but yeah, can happen. Yeah. I would I would have fucking threw down, man. I was ready to throw down that night. Um, no, I, I mean, let's be clear. It was a, uh, I'm sure, a lovely woman who had a couple of drinks and was just looking to make conversation, and I was not having it. <laughs> He's being nice. That's not what happened. But okay, fine. Yeah, it's not what happened. She was not a lovely woman. I know who she is. I know. And she knows. She knows. I called her out on it. I did. I the next day I I made a point to say hey don't crap on my show and my friend <laughs> see this is what happens when I have vodka <laughs> so here's the thing different alcohols affect you different ways too do you believe that when I get when I have vodka I get a little by the way Ornery. do you think I say vodka funny vodka uh, I mean, it sounds like you're from Philly. Okay. So it's appropriate. Yeah. I, Rob McElhenney, uh, from Sonny years ago, I had him on and I, we were doing something and he just would not stop making fun of the way I say it. And he's from Philly too. But vodka. I say vodka. What do you say? Vodka. 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 I mean, no, I can yeah. say vodka. Vodka. Okay. I mean, I don't say it like that. Come on. So vodka. Vodka. Um, when I drink vodka... It makes me, uh, it gets me a little fired up. Okay. How do, uh, so I'm going to throw out a couple spirits, and you tell me in very one or two, three words how you get on the, on that. Okay. Sure. 
Vodka. Happy. Gin. Happy. Cognac. Sleepy. I was going to go with that too. Sleepy. Red wine. Ooh, deep. Tequila. Happy. Just happy? I see. I get crazy on tequila. I get a little crazy when I'm on tequila. I'm just like, no, I don't get crazy. I don't get crazy with much much anything. Scotch. Uh, Sleepy. So it seems to me. I'm just vacillating between two. There's two stages of Colin drinking sleepy and happy. <laughs> You're like, it's it's uh, liquor and the two dwarfs, sleepy and happy. Uh, I so I've got ornery on vodka. I've got crazy on tequila. I get I get a little uh, sleepy on cognac. Red wine, red wine makes me a little bit uh, horny. I'm just gonna say. Oh, okay. for some reason, I think it's just a trigger because I think about when I'm on a, a lot of times I'll have uh, red wine when I'm on a date, and so I associate red wine with what I hope happens at the end of the date. So it's just a, maybe a little bit of a Pavlovian response to red wine. Whenever I drink it, I get a boner. Um, okay. Next up, we got, uh, we covered Heard it here first, we covered gin and that makes you happy as well. How about, um, Irish whiskey? Uh, don't do it. I mean, it's don't all- say happy. I'm happy. How about um, proud? Because you have proud. you're you're of Irish heritage. Aren't yeah. You? Yes. All right. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I'm I'm of some Irish heritage. Uh. Yeah. All right. Proudly. Proudly. And finally, what's another spirit I'm forgetting right now? I mean, as if there's no I mean, more. There's no more rum. What about rum? Ah, uh, rum. Fun. Run. Fun. So it's a variation of happy. You yes. feel You feel fun. When you have rum. Yeah, and well, a little bit lazy, generally because if I'm drinking rum, just on the whole, it's usually like a beach vacation, and I'm just sitting around, like, reading reading a book on the beach and having some rum. Yeah, you're right, though, because you don't, like, no one ever has, like, no one is at the low point of their life, you know, and you go into the bar, you know, and like, and in the movies, you always see it, and they leave the bottle. No yeah. one ever goes in and says, you know, bartender. Pina colada, please. My wife left me. <laughs> My wife just left. Give me a give, give me, me a give, give me, me a daiquiri. A, I'll take I'll take a jungle bird, please. <laughs> Extra pineapple. Uh, yeah, I mean, pour it, a Hemingway and leave it <laughs> leave it on the table. <laughs> I'll have four mai tais. Dirty, <laughs> dirty, please. No, you know the the. the the pina colada's got to be one of the happiest drinks in the ever, right? Yeah, I mean it's up there. I, what else? What else is more rem- reminiscent of being on vacation, being somewhere else than the than the tropical tiki drinks? I mean, there's a whole. You're right. I mean, there's a there's a reason why there's a whole song about pina coladas. I mean, well, whole verses about it. If you like pina colada. One of the weirdest songs of all time, by the way. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, <laughs> totally. it's essentially like, okay, we're going to cheat on each other. I'm going to cheat on my my lady. That's what he kind of refers to in the song. Because in the 70s, that, hey, my lady. So he cheats on his lady. His lady's cheating on him. They're using the, uh, the, the what do you call them, the classified ads in the newspaper to find love, which is the modern equivalent of uh, Tinder and, and Hinge and Bumble. 
and they both do get a little hookup going by the classifieds, but it turns out it's each other. But instead of being like, you motherfucker, right? They're like, oh, no way. You're going <laughs> to cheat on me too? And it rekindles the romance. And then they bone in the dunes. Well, there you or, go. Or excuse me, they uh, make, what are they? What make are they? love. Do they make love in the dunes? No. What's a, if you like pina colada, Rupert Holmes is going, and getting caught oh in God. the rain and uh, fucking in the dunes. I think it's fucking in the dunes. No? Sure. Could be. Sure. Rupert uh, Holmes, chart topic. I will say that, that a. That Do you know a what the name well-made... of that song is, though, by the way? What is the no, actual title of that song? I don't know. Escape. Huh. The pina colada song. Escape is the name of, the to- is the name of that huh. song. Yes. What you didn't know. Okay, go ahead. You were saying. Well, I was going to say one of my favorite rum cocktails. We're not on rum. We're not drinking rum. No, we're drinking either, vodka but, today. But, but it's, yeah. it's a, a, a daiquiri. Of course. Daiquiri. Of course. It's so good. It's simple. It's three ingredients. It's just delicious. There's moods. So rum sets that. Like it's a, it, There's a reason why, like for instance, in, in Casablanca, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart didn't say... Of all the pina colada joints in the world, <laughs> it was all the gin joints because it, ev- yeah. it evokes a certain feeling. A gin joint right. is where you go to, that's where you go drown your sorrows and you listen to Sam and you say, play it again, Sam. Play it again. Right. He never did say play it again, Sam, though. I don't think. Is that right? I don't think that is actually in the movie. Hmm. And we are, we are wandering right now. This could be the pomegranate... Uh, cactus pear cactus and stoli blueberry talking right now. I actually don't know that I know what cactus pear tastes like. Is it like a sour fruit? No, it tastes like a, a pear, but with like like a prick. Yeah, like okay. an asshole pear. Hence cool. the pricks of the cactus. Get it? Yes, I that's got a it. joke. Yeah, humor. He can't wait mm. to get out of here now. He's like, let me get me to Australia quickly. Get me huh. out of here. So before we that's let you funny. go, because I know you have a, you got a lot to do today. And we've been talking for a half hour. Uh, before I let you go, though, let's talk a little bit about your leaving. You will, you can acknowledge you'll be gone for six months. I can acknowledge that I will be gone for a, a period a period of time. Can I ask you this? And I'll cut it out if I can't. I'm going to ask you it, and I'll cut it out if you. Want. But yeah. Broadway's coming back, and I know that you had a thing that was possibly going to happen on Broadway. Is that not going to happen now, or what? Or sh- we should not talk about this. Well, we shouldn't talk about okay. it, unfortunately. Okay, we'll, we'll, I'll but, cut that out. Yeah, I had to like let them, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about, about that when I'm done. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I got to tell you, it's been great having you not be able to tell me anything about what's happening <laughs> professionally in your life. It's not you. It's your audience. <laughs> I I feel like uh, there's a distance between us that I didn't know existed before. And I, it could be because, you know, you're stepping away from your role. I know. I'm so not used to this either because I'm I'm just basically waiting for other parties to announce the thing that I am very excited about, but I can't say anything about it until they do. Colin, uh, I am really happy for you and, and whatever is coming next, your adventures. Thank you for sharing some uh, vodka with me and your and your your thoughts on vodka. You you got me already ready to come back to New York because I just want to go back to the, those two vodka bars on 52nd Street. I'm very excited about this. So Well, it's always good to grab a drink with you, man. And uh, cheers to you. Thanks we'll, for... We'll see you on a... We'll, you'll, we'll hear from you soon. We will do something with Colin from Australia, folks. So don't get upset. 
Don't think you're not going to hear from Colin for six months. It'll be <laughs> probably two or three months from now. He'll be back on here talking with a funny accent, and it's going to be great. All right. All right, brother. <laughs>